Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Lefty Gomez said it 60 years ago, I'd rather be lucky than good. Actually, the Red Sox Wednesday night were a little bit of both. Mookie Betts played a little pinball with the third base bag at a critical point in the top of the ninth. And finally, the Red Sox stop a four-game losing streak. Finally, they score some runs. 6-3 Boston in Oakland, 100 yards away from where Michael Buble crooned for the Housewives. The Red Sox sang their way right into the win column. Save the last dance for Mookie. This is the Sox Daily Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. It's your Daily Sox Podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox Podcast. And here's your host, Josh in their four-game losing streak. They're now 2-5, and five, an overturned call and a ball off the bag at third. Bats coming alive in a three-run ninth. Brazier picking up the first save of his career. If you didn't stay up to watch or listen, I get it. This was late-night West Coast baseball. The good news is only two more 10 p.m. start times all year at the end of August. Red Sox needed this one. No two ways about it. Already four games out of first place. They were never more than two games out all of last year. That was just for 48 hours in June. They had just been shut out in consecutive games for the first time since July of 2015 in Anaheim. And a very small sample. But last year, the Red Sox hit around, what, 290 with runners in scoring position. So far this year, it's around 210. With men on base on Tuesday night, they've been one out of 13. So a lot of things creeping into your head that you don't want in your head. Uh, the 2019 Red Sox were the first reigning World Series champion to start 1-5 since the Dave Dombrowski 1998 Marlins. And that team went on to lose 108 games, having torn down its roster completely. This roster very much intact, and that's part of why the surprising 1-5 start was just so stark. And 2-5 uh, is still not great, but hey, Houston's 2-5. Yankees are 2-4, and four, and they're basically playing with the Scranton Rail Riders or whatever they're called. I mean, their AAA team is all up in New York now because everybody on that team is hurt. Troy Tulowitzki is the latest to go down. Really weird year for the Red Sox so far in that, when you think about it, look at the categories. Defense, pitching rotation, bullpen hitting. You came in thinking, all right, you got three pluses and a minus. The pluses are defense, rotation, and hitting. The bullpen's the minus. Actually, it's been exactly the other way. The defense has been a minus, rotation a minus, hitting a minus, bullpen a plus. Bullpen was a plus-plus on Wednesday night. Four more scoreless innings. This is now the number two bullpen ERA-wise in all of baseball. Rotation has still taken a bit of a beating. Nate Evaldi, five innings, four hits, three runs, four walks. He was getting squeezed big time by Trip Gibson. No two ways about that. He only struck out three. But uh, it was five innings of work, and I guess that is enough to at least get in the conversation to make you think that, okay, maybe the starters are going to turn the corner second time through. Chris Sale the night before, it was very un-Chris Sale because he was throwing an 89-mile-an-hour fastball. 
but it was a quality start. It was only one run allowed, only had one strikeout, but he soldiered through and he got it done. As for Evaldi, this is the only guy that's actually been on the mound as a starter when the Red Sox have won a game. They're, they're 2-0 and when Nate starts, and they have not won when anybody else starts, so there is that. But this game was all about a couple things, really. Blake Swihart, the birthday boy. He had three hits for the first time in a major league game since 2016. He had his first home run of the year. You're going to hear from him in just a moment. He had the single that started the rally that they really needed in the ninth. But let's wind you all the way back here. We'll take you through it kind of brick by brick. And even before we get into the game, we have to talk about an Oakland player. We have to talk about Ramon Laureano who has just been a one-man wrecking ball against the Red Sox in this series. He's beaten them with the glove. He has beaten them with the arm. Almost beat them with his legs. He almost beat one out. They took a replay overturn to call him out. Critical play in the eighth inning of this one. But obviously, he's been beating the Red Sox with his arm. He threw out Xander Bogart's back-to-back nights. Critical plays both times. We thought you'd like to uh, meet him, at least, as long as he's going to be a serial Red Sox killer and inject and inflict such mayhem on the fellows here. Uh, might as well get to know this guy. So before the game, I caught up with him. And here is a, a rather delightful, I got to admit, Ramon Laureano, the young kid center fielder. Here you go. Well, I, let, let's start with that, if you don't mind. So here we are talking about all these gold glovers in the Red Sox outfield, and you show up <laughs> and do what you're doing. Do you get inspired at all by what's over there in the Boston outfield? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh... A couple of seasons ago, I was like, I want to know why Mookie Betts and Jackie Bradley, they are so accurate. And then uh, I saw how they throw the ball, and yeah, it was, I picked some stuff from them. And uh, and yeah, I guess it got better like after that. So well, yeah, they, they inspire me. You've got obviously a natural gift, a natural talent. Do you get more from throwing a guy out like you've done a couple nights in a row or hitting a home run? What's better for you? I mean, hitting a home run is better, but as is, if he's a key play for the game and help the team win, I'm I'm for it. So yeah. yeah. What do you have against Andrew Bogarts? <laughs> Nothing. I respect that guy a lot. He's a really good ball player. So when the ball yesterday came off the wall, take me through that if you don't mind. Are you thinking that you're going to be able to have a play at third base? Did you even know there was going to be a play at third base? Uh, you know, in that situation, if the ball hit, hit the wall, uh, I guess he was going third. I mean, I w- everybody would have gone third because, you know, it's training, it's pitching, and uh, not a lot of guys get hit of him. So as long as you, you can get closer to home play, get that extra 90 feet, you have to take it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and you have to bet on it. So, and, yeah, I, he did, but he didn't go that their way. But, uh, I mean, anybody would have made that decision. What's your favorite of the two plays that you've made the last couple nights? The one where you got him at third base or the one at home? Uh, both because we won back-to-back games. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. I can't hate on that. That's a good yeah. answer. Last one for you. What, what's, uh, I guess right now it's 11 assists for you in 55 major league games, which is amazing. Is there a time you think that the scouting report is so prevalent on you that people just stop running on you, period? And if that's the case, is that a disappointment? Because it seems like you really enjoy that opportunity to throw a guy out. Uh, I mean, for me, just whatever it is, I'll be ready any time. But yeah, however they want to approach it, I'm I'm just ready for it anything that happens. All right, got that out of the way. Now we can actually talk a little bit of baseball on a Wednesday night. Blake Swihart's birthday, 
Uh, Jared Carabas' birthday. And uh, one of the great Red Sox fans out there right now, Will Fleming, on our pregame show, his birthday. But let's give it up for Blake Blake Swihart and the other April 3rd birthday men of Red Sox history. Koji Uhara, take a bow. Mike Lansing, who I always thought looked exactly like Chuck Norris, you can take a bow as well. Uh, and, And really, somewhere out there, if Jenny Garth wants to take a bow, it's her birthday too. Wayne Newton, if you're still alive, go ahead. It's your birthday, I'm told. Also, so uh, it was Swihart who, who really got things launched. Literally, this is after the Red Sox fell behind, as they usually do these days. It was three nothing. Loriano had the two run home run, of course, in the fourth inning. After Nick Hundley had an RBI in the second, he ripped one that literally took the glove right off the hand of Devers at third. This is with the bases loaded. If he catches that ball probably turns a double play but instead the liner just smoked the glove right off his hand he threw home too late and it was one nothing at that point three nothing Oakland into the fifth and into the fifth we're talking no runs at all in the series for the Boston Red Sox 22 innings and you got to go back last year they didn't have any runs in their last well they had one run in their last 20 innings how's that last year in Oakland so overall that's one run in 42 innings at the Oakland Coliseum and then finally, things got kick-started with the Swihart home run. His first of the year, he hit a changeup on a 1-0 count. He hit it off a guy who was sailing at that point, Marco Estrada. 0 for 27 were the lefties off Estrada for the year before Swihart got into one. And he would help out later in the game as well. But the sixth inning became a, a big piece of this one. Mookie Betts led off with a walk. Rafael Devers reaching on an error. Jurex and Profar parachuted a throw from second to short in the shallow left field. That would have been a double play. Should have been a double play to get them out of the inning. But the inning continued. J.D. Martinez a walk. And Estrada went out. Ryan Bookter, the lefty, came in to face Mitch Moreland. One pitch, two RBI double into the right field corner. Looked like the Red Sox would take the lead after that, but Matt Chapman made a dazzling play to rob Eduardo Nunez. Would have been two more runs batted in. Chapman, of course, the gold glover, platinum glover, really. And after seeing Dylan Moore's work at third base in that Seattle series, this was just complete night and day. I mean, you just can't beat Chapman. Or so we thought. Put a, put a pin in that. We'll tell you how they did beat Chapman going forward. Oakland threatened in the bottom of the seventh, and it was Barnes who came in with one on and Chris Davis up. We've heard Alex Cora talk about it. He's implied it's not going to be a straight on this guy's to closer deal this year. He wanted Barnes specifically for Davis, and sure enough, Barnes struck out Davis, kept the game 3-3. So it had to be Brazier after that, and he was terrific. Things just kind of uh, moving along with a little bit of help in that eighth inning when it looked like Loriano once again, would be that guy. He had a runner at third, two out, and a slow roller to Brock Holt, who was playing shortstop. The initial call at first was safe by Nick Lentz. Not the Nick Lentz, who's an MMA fighter. That's a different Nick Lentz. This guy just blew the call, and thankfully, replay is a thing. They went to the replay, got it overturned. Game stays tied 3-3. Three to three. So we march on to the ninth, and the man with the tilted cap, the 42-year-old Fernando Rodney, saunters in, gives up a broken back single to Eduardo Nunez, and then Nunez gets caught stealing. Red Sox had been... 21 of their last 22 stealing bases going back to last year. This was a weird one. Nunez got kind of a bad jump. He threw it in a reverse halfway to second base, tried to beat it back to first, and just did not. Holt then struck out. So you're talking about nothing happening here. It's nobody on two out in the ninth inning. And then that man, 
Blake Swihart. And you'll hear from him in just a moment. But he ends up with a rifle shot that goes right by Jerickson Profar. Had a bad night in the field. First three-hit night since 2016 in the big leagues for Swihart. We mentioned that. Jackie Bradley Jr. then beats the shift by dropping one into left. Even Matt Chapman couldn't get to that one. And then the key play of the whole night. Mookie Betts is up there. Terrific at bat. Eight-pitch at bat. And we've been yammering on and on on the broadcast about how you just can't get one by Chapman. And Mookie found a way. He hit one right onto the bag. Bang! At third base. It hops up about 10, 11 feet in the air. Goes shooting over Chapman in a shallow left. Two runs come in. It's like hitting a 7-10 split, which Mookie has done, obviously, in the past. A great bowler that he is. Biggest hit of the year for Mookie so far. The reigning MVP. And maybe just as big after that, just to kind of take the wind out of the sails, Andrew Benintendi triples to the right field corner. Did that off Yusmero Petit who's, by the way, 245 pounds. That's hilarious to me. A guy named Petit weighs 245. But that triple for Benintendi, he had been three for his last 24. It was not looking good at the plate. That's a big hit potentially for him. Fluffed up the lead to 6-3 to three instead of 5-3 to three, so that when... In the bottom of the ninth inning, Brazier hit the first man he faced. You're thinking, okay, there's still some wiggle room. And it never did get to Chris Davis. They were able to get out of the game, get it over with before it got to the slugger. And it is a 6-3 to three final. Wasn't quite the, the end of the 2003 division series. It wasn't quite that celebration. Derek Lowe wasn't pointing at his crotch and turning to the Oakland dugout after the, the best ever sinker he's ever thrown to strike out Terrence Long. And I love Joe Castiglione's call. Bring on the Yankees, he said. That was the game where Johnny Damon and Damian Jackson collided. It was horrible. Damon replaced by Adrian Brown. Uh, Adam Melhuse, a pinch hitter for Jermaine Dye, with one out in that inning, struck out. Thank you, Ken Maka. I have never understood why he made that move. It it was kind of like when Jeff Fry used to pinch hit for, for Trot Nixon. For the Red Sox. Just could never understand that. But anyway, 03, what an entertaining year. As you guys know, I wasn't around for it, but nearly a quarter of their wins came in their final at bat. That was a season of Cowboy Up. Bill Miller won the batting title, and that's why they traded Shea Hellenbrand for Byung Hung Kim. Uh, you, you had all kinds of cool stuff happening. Uh, a, a big, meaningful comeback with Todd Walker homering off the Orioles and Jorge Julio. And uh, on we go all the way until, obviously, Aaron Boone beats Wakefield in the 11th inning. So we'll we'll stop the reverie right there. But uh, there's a little bit of that kind of magic that's just kind of oozing out every once in a while right now. It's only two wins, but they've both been with some magic in the ninth inning. Mookie magic and Moreland magic uh, in reverse order. It was Moreland with that pinch hit three-run home run in Seattle to beat Hunter Strickland. This time it was Mookie off the bag at third base. And, and as for Moreland, let's not forget that two-run double that he had in the sixth. And he, I don't know why it is, but he rakes in Oakland. 450 opposing players have 150 or more at-bats at Oakland Coliseum. And fifth on the list in slugging percentage is Mitch Moreland. You got Chili Davis first, then Vlad Guerrero, Greg Vaughn, the great Tony Oliva, and then Mitch. So... I don't know how to explain it, but that's a thing, and we might as well enjoy it while we've got it. Let's enjoy hearing from the two heroes. Blake Swihart, we had on the postgame show. He caught up to Joe Castiglione and the guy talking at you right now. Let's play that interview for you so you can enjoy it. Let me ask you, if you don't mind, before we start talking about all the hits you got, let me ask you about the pitching tonight that you caught. Nate Evaldi looked like wasn't getting a lot of help from the home plate umpire at first, and we thought he was pretty good early on, but he had to tap out after five innings. What, what did you see out of Ivaldi tonight? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, he was attacking guys, um, going right at them, and 
you know, uh, just some pitches right there on the on the black, and um, you know, we he just stuck with it. You know, stuck with his approach, wasn't giving in, and you know, he threw the ball really well. Yeah, that was uh, you were at third base, and you almost get hit with Mookie's a ground ball, and then we saw you look over your shoulder, so you saw the ball hit the bag for the two-run double. Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of ball talking it right there, asking it to hit the bag. So I know Chapman's pretty good over there at third base, so the they helped us out right there, big time. The the home run that you hit, and, and boy, that was a screamer. That it was out of here, and it, it seemed like all those first several innings, Marco Estrada had you guys just a little bit off stride. Did you go up there looking for something in particular, or how did that come to be that that was a, a 420-foot home run? Well, in my first at-bat, I had just missed that first pitch changeup uh, with two guys on base, so I kind of went up my second at-bat with that same approach and you know, put a good swing on the same, pretty much the same pitch. So, um, you know, I was just sticking with the approach, and it went well. Did you sense the, a big lift in the dugout when your home run ended that 22-and-two-third uh, scoreless inning streak? <laughs> I did not know that that was how long it was, but... Um, uh, you know, I was just going out there having fun, and, you know, for my first hit of the season, that was a good one. Does it seem to you, I know it's just one win, Blake, but, I mean, obviously you guys celebrated nicely there. The two and five is a heck of a lot better than one and six. Does it feel like, okay, now we're all set. We got this thing turned the right way. Yeah, you know, we just got to go out, play as a team, have some fun together, and, you know, just play baseball. You know, we're lucky we get to do this for a living, and, you know, just go out there, have fun, put a smile on our face, and winning's a lot more fun than losing. So we're, I think we're on the right track. What else are you going to do to celebrate your birthday? Uh, I'm going to go home and go to bed. we got an early game tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That, that's, that's smart thinking. That, that's the wisdom of his age. <laughs> yeah. Way to go. Awesome, hey, guys. thanks so much, Thank Blake. You. Congratulations and happy birthday. Thank you guys so much. Big night for Swihart. And, yes, the, the big birthday present, uh, the gift that keeps on giving. He was the catalyst for that rally. Mookie Betts, though. Want to hear from him? We got sound from Mookie, too. Honestly, just hit the base. I mean, that's pretty much the only way you're going to get it by uh, Chapman. You know, he's a... Uh, He's one of the best, if not the best, at, at, at third. And, um, yeah, I was just hoping to hit the base. Uh, it's huge. I mean, it seems like uh, wins are hard to come by. So, um, you know, we, we, bat- we battled, um, continued to put in our work. And, but this was uh, definitely a big win. Uh, it all works out. Brazier with the save. His first in the majors. He did have one in Japan. He had 78 in the minors if you're scoring at home. But uh, this is a big one. This is the one that gets the Red Sox off the schneid. Uh, they had been 15-37, and 37, their last 52 in Oakland. Hadn't scored at all, of course, in the series coming in. So nice to, to end it with six straight runs and the victory. Now it's all about looking ahead, and we won't get too far ahead of ourselves. It's a quick turnaround. You've got the Arizona Diamondbacks coming up in a three-game weekend series, but the finale in Oakland today. Two lefties, Brett Anderson goes for the A's, and Eddie Rodriguez. Time to get better, Eddie. Uh, This is what's happening for the Red Sox now. They're going to run Eddie out there. And this is his fifth full season in the majors, so we, we shouldn't be hearing from Dana Levangi that he didn't execute the game plan in that first start. Now, that's not the way you want to start your, your prove-it season here. There was a 31-pitch first inning Saturday, and when he finally got an out in the fifth, that's when he was replaced with 105 pitches thrown. That's been a constant throughout his career that he just can't be efficient. He can't have those 12 to 15-pitch innings. It just never seems that way. And he's at 89 career starts now. He's failed to make it through the fifth 16 times he's uh, recorded an out even one out in the seventh inning only 18 times when he pitches six innings 
He's 24 and 4 with a 2.28 ERA. When when he's less than that, that's when the wheels fall off the wagon, as, as the cliche goes. So that's what to look for for Eddie Rodriguez: a little bit of length and uh, maybe stop trying to to make Ramon Laureano a star. I'm getting tired of this guy, even though he's super nice. And if the Red Sox can get it done, they will at least get out with a split in Oakland. They'll be three and five. They'll be better than the Yankees. They'll be better than the Astros. And we can all maybe rest our sphincters, gentlemen, as they said in Blazing Saddles. If you happen to remember that movie, because I know I'm old and not everybody has seen Blazing Saddles. But anyway, that's what we got for you on Sox Daily for this episode. We're rolling right along with this project, and we hope you're subscribing. We hope you're telling your friends, tweeting about it, because we've got to wave the banner and let people know it actually exists. Josh Lewin's my name. Thanks so much for joining. Talk to you next time on Sox Daily. Bye-bye. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 